I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, everyone, to episode 271 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and today, Brad Dahl is back. Brad was recently at M3 with his wife, Shelly, who cameos during this episode. But uh, yeah, so he was at M3, and I wanted to get his whole rundown about, um, about what he saw, the bands, which bands he liked, which bands he didn't care for so on and so forth. So I think it's a really cool chat about M3. I wanted to get other people involved. I certainly sent feelers out in different groups of people where I knew people had been to M3 uh, were part of these groups. I got crickets. No one, absolutely nobody said, you know, hey, I'll, I'll hop on, you know, kind of sucks you, you know um i don't know I, I i don't know why things have gone down so far with the show but it is what it is i'm going to keep going here and if people don't want to get involved and that's prerog- that's their prerogative and if they want to miss out again that's completely up to them i'm having fun doing this um i'm not making any money off of this quite the opposite losing <laughs> but uh it is what it is when you become a podcaster i had people i had chris from decibel geek years ago my sage uh <laughs> my sage uh um knowledge that i shared with him was don't expect to make tons of money off of this and definitely not in 2022 where after the pandemic podcasting just blew up um between you know uh, actors and musicians and sports people. And, you know, you couldn't go out, Hey, let's make a podcast. And, you know, um, I really haven't kept up with a lot of different things to know which ones have continued to podcast and which haven't. I've been asking people a ton of things, you know, through Facebook, especially through Patreon. I, I do it through Patreon because, you know, I've only, I've got a group of 13 people there. Um, I would say out of those 13, you know, like everyone else's Patreon, you've got family members who want to help out, but don't necessarily check the the shows out. You've got friends that kind of do the same, or, you know, I have clients that I'm kind of, um, you know, I know them on a friendly level and I'll say, Hey, you know, instead of, uh, throwing me a few extra bucks, just, you know, I'm giving you a discount as is. Uh, just sign up for my Patreon, you know, or, or up your, up, up what you're doing and we're even type of a deal. Um, still wor- I'm still waiting for them to add the, the free accounts, which hopefully will happen soon. So at least, you know, I can gift some accounts to people and they can check it out. And if they want to continue to subscribe, if they think that it's worth it, you know, I, I see this trend where people join they joined for two bucks for five bucks. And then lo and behold, you know, a month in they've jumped up to 10 bucks. They've jumped up to 20 bucks. I don't hold a gun to anyone's head. If people want to join, that's great. If you want a t-shirt, 
sign up, sign up for the Patreon, do it a few months, you get a shirt. You know, I, I guarantee if you're a music nerd, like every one of us that's in the group, you'll probably want to stay because, you know, I feature music from all types of hard rock and metal and people just throw their comments in there, whether they like things, whether they don't like things. Sometimes none of us agree. Other times there are things that are home runs. And from there, we put stuff together. You know, we put a playlist together that's up on um, Apple Music and Spotify. I need to update the Spotify version of it. But uh, it also allows me to check out a lot of cool things. And that's why I've been doing a lot of these questions on Patreon, because I like hearing about what podcasts people are on or, or into or stuff like that. You know, I, I, I love listening to other things. It inspires me. And it's always a lot of fun to check new Shows out. Here's Jeremy Rotman with Patrons Pick. Hello, everyone. Another Patrons Pick. It's been a wonderful week for new music this week. I'm going to rattle through several of the albums that were listed by Victor last week on his website. There is Pirates, an album by Visions of Atlantis. It's the Austrian symphonic metal band. It's on Napalm Records. Really good singer, Clementine Deloni. Uh, really like uh, that, despite the fact that it was uh, about pirates. I don't normally like um, that sort of stuff. Uh, there was a an album called A Call to Arms by the death and thrash metal band Jungle Rot on Unique Leader Records. That was also worth a listen. As is Different Worlds by Skills on Frontiers Records. Uh, that is, of course, a band formed from members of Night Ranger and Mr. Big. Uh, I certainly recommend checking out uh, Two, The Ground Below by Famine on Svart Records. Um, that really surprised me because it's a band that doesn't have to growl. So although you think uh, there's going to be a growly vocal, there isn't. And there's some really good music on there. Uh, with with that good vocal. Uh, there's some uh, perfectly enjoyable Frontiers offering too from the uh, female-fronted uh, The Big Deal with First Bite. Uh, there's also a new Cage Fight album that um, is, is certainly worth a listen and a really great rocking album on Pure Steel Records by a band called Black Beer called Take the Freedom. They're a French hard-rocking band. Uh, it's really my style. And uh, another interesting album, uh, there was some heavy proggy output from a band called Zero Hour called Agenda 21. Uh, I think that one was also on Frontiers. And finally, uh, there was a band that was really sounded quite like ACDC. Um, so check out Expect the Unexpected by Stinger uh, from Germany. Well, the... Patrons pick this week was a surprise to me too because I didn't think I was going to even select this one at the beginning, but I played it several times and really liked it. Uh, it's the album Phototroph by Moontooth. It's on Pure Noise Records. Uh, it's a bit of a mix of sort of pop rock tunes that um, definitely show some undeniable talent in the songwriting states. Um, it's a very diverse, it's uh, a many-layered sort of collection of tunes um, that really needs uh, a bit of time devoted to it. And it was certainly one that, after listening to it sort of a couple of times, I really got into. Uh, the band has been ex in, in existence now for about a decade. 
Their first album, though, was only released in about 2016. Uh, there, was, there was quite a heavy band, but also very essentially sort of soulful music. 11 songs on this album, 42 minutes of uh, interesting stuff. This week's patron's pick is Phototroph by Moontooth. There you go, Moontooth. Thank you, Jeremy, for your patrons pick. And thank you to all the patrons who are always such great supporters. Uh, there's a handful that are extreme diehards that follow everything that I do on not only the Signals from Mars live stream to the Mars Attacks podcast, but to the uh, Fireside Friday pre-show and Trivia Tuesday. <laughs> Jeremy usually is on all of those things. And uh, unfortunately, he hasn't been faring well with the trivia lately, but he's won in the past. So uh, since today we're doing all kiss on the patrons discussion, I did all kiss questions. They were actually questions that were formulated back in December. I got some help from Chris Sinzak from the Despot Geek podcast to put them together. And yes, Glue Leg is actually the name of a band that opened up for Kiss on the 96 reunion tour. Some of the questions <laughs> are pretty pretty difficult to answer. Pretty, pretty, pretty difficult to answer. But uh, yeah, it keeps things interesting. So a lot of fun doing the trivia stuff. Uh, things started out um, on the negative side for a lot of people. But Bill Elam, who I need to thank for reposting a lot of these shows. He's got his own show, A to Z Rock. Hope I didn't mess that up. Um, yeah, so he he retweets all my stuff. Or not retweets, shares it on Facebook. And he's been joining us on the trivia show on Tuesdays. And he kicks some ass this week. <laughs> he's... Obviously a huge KISS fan, so that was that was pretty cool. Uh, some of the other diehards I'm about to mention as well. And uh, yeah, so I realize that not everyone can become a patron, but for those that do become patrons, I do want to say thank you, send shout-outs, and just a quick rundown of, of everyone who is currently a uh, patron. Let's just uh, shuffle this into... Is this correct name order? No, this is just. This is, uh, I don't know what this is doing. Okay. All right. So patron has just put these in alphabetical order. All right. So from Ireland, Anthony Mackie, my brother, Art, uh, Dr. Poison, who we're going to hear during today's episode. Talking about M3. Brad Dahl. Thank you. Mr. Yargmetal.com. Check that out. From the Chris and Amanda show. My former Galaxy of Geeks co-host, Chris Faglio. Ed the Shred Ferguson. The Metal Dentist, Gabriel Ruiz. Uh, we have Mr. Patron's pick, Jeremy Weltman, who we just heard from a few moments ago. The Metal Politician who swears he will be up tonight till 1 a.m. to be able to talk about KISS. Uh, <laughs> Johan up there in Sweden. 
Uh, we have Jose in Connecticut. We have Metal Dan. We have our Mike Jones, who also wants to become... Um, <laughs> he wants to become John Bush's uh, Mike Jones as well. See if we can work that out. We have Twisted Steve Hoker and Mr. Steven Saylor. Steve is actually the first patron, technically. So I opened this page this uh, Patreon page up a long time ago and didn't do squat with it. And he signed up. And at the time I was making it so that it was 10 bucks per episode that I released. And I didn't know what I was going to do. Then I started doing the show with Mark on his Patreon with Mark Striegel of Sirius XM fame and formerly of talking metal here on Mars attacks podcast, where we're still talking metal. I had somebody tell me that I should use that. So anyway, so yeah, um, so Steve is like the first guy to jump on board, and and I told him, you know, hey, I I apologize, and I don't know what to do, but once I started doing the show with Mark, I realized what I wanted to do with Patreon, and you know, we keep shifting and doing different things, and hey, I'm open to suggestions, and the patrons have spoken. Show should be no longer than twenty minutes to half an hour. Uh, some behind the scenes stuff, sometimes personal stuff with shenanigans that's going on in my life. And then some music news. I pick out some music topics to talk about. And so far, so good. Seems like people enjoy it. If you want to join us, it's two bucks a month minimum. And then you could be on one of these shows that we're going to do tonight. We do a monthly special with the patrons and they're always a ton of fun. So if you want to join us, uh, again, two bucks a month, cheaper than a lot of things, as Mark used to always say. But uh, anyway, I do want to thank you guys for checking this episode out. I know it's repetitive. It's cliche. It's whatever you want to say. But I need to thank you because there's a million and one podcasts out there. Actually, I think there's three million podcasts out there. There's another 10 million things you could be doing. And you choose to spend some time with me here listening to this. And hopefully this gets you to, hey, check out the live stream. Join us in the chat. Talk about, for example, tonight, talk about KISS. Um, join some of the other stuff that I do. And what I mean by join is participate. Be there. Lend your comments. So a lot of ways that you can help out. I want to thank you. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to the Friday the 13th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. Out there in Utah is the good doctor, Dr. Poison Brad Dahl. How are you, sir? Uh, very good. Thank you for having me, Victor. Uh, it's, I guess it's not two weeks in a row. It just feels that way. Uh, two shows in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm flattered beyond belief. Thank you very much for having me back. And next week with the Patreon show, if you make it, it'll be three shows. Oh, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll okay. definitely be there. In fact, if right. anybody who's watching this right now, jump in next week. I forget. I forget what we're talking about. Oh well, oh, I'll, I'll give you guys the official um, poll totals because it was up until today that you could vote. Ooh, um, I saw it was very close when I voted. 
Yeah, so let's see. The 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 totals are coming up here. And Okay, so officially next week the band that we will be discussing is I've got a soundbite for this. Where'd this go? Oh my. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you you you, you want to go straight to that. You, you want <laughs> This is one of the louder ones. So uh I didn't have that one right. So, well, or if people don't get it, come on. Look, it's, it's rock and roll. roll. That could be a giveaway. How you doing, people? There you go. All right. So, we will be talking Kiss next week. Awesome. So the patrons have voted, and that's what we will be uh, we we will be talking about. So if you want to join us and talk about Kiss, what you got to do is become a patron. Patreon.com forward slash two dollars a month. Two dollars a month gets you into the club. Yeah, it's like appear on stage and talk about Kiss. Yeah, which is worth probably at least $25 a month, actually. Um, We're giving it away. That's right. We're giving it away for two bucks. Yeah, I I actually bought a Kiss t-shirt. Uh, oh, you did? And in, full, in full anticipation of this happening. I, I don't have it yet. It's in, it's in the mail. See, I didn't even realize that this was happening, and I'm wearing a Kiss t-shirt oh, ahead, of, ahead of time. But, nice. um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we will be talking Kiss next week. Um, but this week, we'll be talking M3. So, yeah. uh, I see Jeremy's got a Kiss t shirt he's going to be wearing too. Nice. Oh, let me throw the chat on here. Oh, I guess we can't see. There's Jeremy's comments. Actually, I can do yeah. it this way. Jeremy's saying he's he's gonna wear his tish, kiss t-shirt and listen to the entire back catalog. So, wow. Impressive. You know, I would expect nothing less from Jeremy, though. He's the consummate professional uh music fan. I mean, his Absolutely. um yeah, I I in fact I'm sorry I missed the beginning of Fireside. I, I assume you guys talked about new releases. Yes, and we cool. talked a little bit about Graham Bonnet's new album. Yeah. And well, uh, I I want to uh I'll have to watch the replay or listen to the replay of that so I can catch get up to speed. Yeah, we got to we got to take care of Jeremy's echo. Hopefully between now and next week we'll be able to do that. But um yeah. So um anyway, I do want to thank anyone who is listening or watching this live or watching the replay um, or listening to the replay. 
I do want to thank you guys. Remember, um, give us a shout on iTunes or on Podchaser and give us five stars or whatever you want. I've got some bad reviews on there. I'm not ashamed to say it. You want to give us a bad review? Be objective. What the hell are those people? Everyone's a critic. Yeah. One of the bad reviews is another podcaster. So there you go. Ooh. Yeah. Well, mm, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, whatever. Um, Anyway, let's, let's get to the topic at hand. And we are going to be talking M3. Jeremy said he was going to be jealous. So yeah, have the Um, M3 lineup page loaded up here. Although it doesn't have all of the bands, it has the bigger bands anyway. Yeah, I've got I've got exactly how it went down here. I I made notes. If I if if I was really prepared, I was I should have sent you. I took pictures of every band. um, I should have asked you about that because we could have displayed them. Yeah, I know it's. All right. Well, let's restart this again in another hour. <laughs> All right. We're going to, we're going to, damn it, Victor, we're going to get so good at this that other podcasters will be so jealous they won't be able to say bad things about us. There you go. No, they, yeah. they don't say bad things about you. You're, you've got a PhD. Me, on the other hand, <laughs> you, you, you have an honorary. PhD and and rock. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, no, yeah, you should, you should, man. There, there's, I think if Art was in here, he would agree. He he always uh, speaks of of your your knowledge of of music and uh, everything else. And plus, hey, you you get your you get your basketball uh, certificates, man. You you're you're a certified coach in two different. Continents. Certifications, yeah. <laughs> All right. M3. M3. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, M3 is a music festival that's been held now for 13, 13 count them years. Here's what's really cool is that, well, because I'm a so-called VIP, they, they comp you a T-shirt, which is nice. Oh, wow. Uh, you, get, you get like this little gift bag, which is actually a really nice reusable bag. And uh, it's full of all kinds of little doodads and stuff. And uh, as well as this actually really high quality, nice T-shirt. And um, so there you go. Music Festival in uh, Columbia, Maryland, which is just outside of Baltimore. And the facility there, the Meriwether Post Pavilion, it's been there like forever. I mean, and Jimi Hendrix played there. I mean, it's that's how old the place is. But they really uh, worked hard to refurbish it and keep it nice. I know the very first year I went, which was five years ago, they were still getting the the roof over the seating area where the fixed seats are. They're getting mm-hmm. the roof put in and there were some open spots. And it was kind of funny is that when it rained, because it did rain that year too, uh, not as much as this year, but when it rained, uh, those people on the edges that were getting wet it was really cool because everybody's like, hey, you know, come on, you know, let's all bunch in. And so everybody just kind of right. huddled, huddled together in the middle. And um, I think that's one of the things that makes this festival so cool is that a lot of these people that go to it have been to it you know, year and year and year after. And it's a really just warm, friendly place to be. 
the people that work there are very cool. Um, and uh, the people that are attending are very cool. It's like, it's, it's like just hanging out with a bunch of friends. And so that, yeah, that's really nice. And for an old guy like me, having a nice, comfortable <laughs> seat that I can sit in, right? that's a, bon- that's a bonus. Uh, having cover that when it is hot and sunny that you're out of the sun, that's a bonus. When it's raining, you're dry. Yeah, that's, that's all good. So good place. The stage is huge. It's a, they've got a revolving stage. So it's kind of cool because you can set one band up that's playing and then the other band can be setting up behind them. And then it just starts, it spins when that band's done. <laughs> um, the first year I did it, I mean, it was almost instantaneous. They would have it swung around and within five minutes, the next band would be playing. Oh, okay. I, I was going to yeah. say, have you ever seen anyone get the hook while they're yeah. playing? Stage starts to revolve. Yep. And the other band comes on. Yeah, I've seen it happen a couple of times. Happened to one band at uh, this year, but they were done playing, but they were taking pictures afterward. It was kind of the thing for somebody to get up behind the drums and take pictures of the band with the crowd behind. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. And there was one that they, they, they started they started spinning when they were taking their pictures because they're not screwing around here. But that first year that I went where they were, I mean, just one band into another, you barely had time to go, you know, the bathroom uh, if you wanted to between bands. Uh, I guess people complain about that, which I thought was odd because, uh, again, because pe- people know each other at this thing. that's gotten to be such a, a group event. They wanted more time to just hang out and chat between the bands, huh. which I'm like, eh, I don't know. Uh, I, I was kind of cool with things going quick. Um, so yeah, so, so anyway, this year the weather was awful. It was so cold. It was uh, 40 something degrees the first two days and it rained the entire time almost. So it was really wet, humid, 40 something degrees. We were, we were bundled up and we were still freezing. Uh, the last day, Sunday, it didn't rain. It was still cold, but it wasn't raining. So it was much, much better. So that was a bonus. Um, it's a good year for lawn seats. What's that? Good year for lawn seats. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing. Um, the people that sit out there, I mean, there are people out there with pup tents and they're sitting in their tent watching the show. And there are people out there just wearing ponchos sitting on the grass. And I'm like, you, you people are crazy, hearty rock fans, man. I, 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 I applaud them. And, I do have to say this about sitting out there on the grass. They have huge uh, video screens out there. So you can actually see the stage from out there, but you're way the hell out there. (laughs) But you can see the stage clearly, but they got big video monitors. And so they're, you know, they're filming the whole thing. And so that's kind of nice. And the sound out there, they've got speakers out there as well. As you know, not just the main speakers coming from the stage. The sound out there is actually, I think better than down where we were sitting. Wow it sounds really good out there. So if you're just there to kind of chill, hang out, you know, eat snacks and, you know, enjoy the rain, that's a, that's a good way to go. That's the other thing about this, this uh, concert is it's not very expensive. I can't remember what I paid for our tickets, our VIP tickets, fixed seats Mm -hmm. and all. It wasn't, it was less than $300. Um, And that's for three days. Okay, Friday is a shortened day. You know, it starts in the evening. You you know get four bands, but Saturday and Sunday start at noon, and it goes till ten eleven. So you're getting a hell of a lot of music for really not a lot of money. So that's 
that's a, that's another bonus about this concert. So we'll jump we'll jump right into it. We talked about this the last time we chatted. Like, what what are the expectations? I wanted your take on these bands that we're going to be playing, and if you'd seen them and what you thought. Uh, the very first band that was up Friday uh, came in there five o'clock sharp. These guys hit the stage. It was Count Seventy Seven. Okay. Um, we all know uh, um, guy. Now I'm blanking on his name. Danny uh, Coker. Yeah, Danny Coker um, from Counting Counting Cars. Is that what it? Yep. Yeah. Is that the TV show that he yes. that he has? Mm-hmm. And uh, he also owns Vamp, uh, Counts Vamped, uh, which is a my favorite club in Las Vegas to go see bands. I love just going down there to see bands. Uh, saw Graham Bonnet down there. And oh wow! Graham was awesome. Um, Bob Kulik came up and played some songs with him. Did a, a lot of the Michael Schenker stuff with him, which was I was like, oh, you know, I had no idea how good a guitar player Bob Kulik was. Okay, I thought he was just, you know, but right. he, he got up there and man, he nailed that Shanker stuff. I mean, he just, oh wow, he slayed it. Yeah, he was he was legit. So, um, yeah. So anyway, let's go back. Let's go back to the show. I'm going to keep going off on tangents. <laughs> so yeah, so Danny Coker came out in his band, and these guys, I mean, they were uh, incredibly polished. Uh, and I, Shelly was very impressed as well. And I said, well, you know, the guy owns a club. I, they can certainly rehearse on a. Uh, I was going to say plenty of space and time to rehearse. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, they didn't play for very long and I, I, and it went by fairly rapidly. The last song they played kind of, there was a lot of guitar soloing going on. So it was kind of a jam thing and it felt like that, that felt a little long, but other than that, the songs were really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, not having known any of these songs, I was able, you know, it was kind of real classic 70s vibe. Yeah. Uh, rock music. But it was good. And they were all really good players. Uh, the the entertaining part of it was the keyboard player. I think he was maybe like four foot 10 or so. <laughs> <laughs> he was. <laughs> they didn't adjust his keyboard for him. So he's playing, he's playing like this, you know, kind of looking over the keyboard. Dan, Danny Coker, he looks like he's about six, five or something. He, he, right. he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a big dude. Um, but they worked the stage very well. The music was super enjoyable. I'm definitely going to buy some of their stuff and um, you know, I'm going to play it on yard metal because I think it, I think it'd fit in just fine. And I'm going to look, uh, I'm going to keep my eye open for them playing in Vegas. Cause I would, I would actually go down and, and see them. It was that they were fun. It was, it was a fun, good rock band. They were having a good time, very well interacting with each other. And so I gave them, I gave them a big thumb, a big thumbs up. So that was count. And you, you've heard some of their music, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came close yeah. to interviewing him, actually. Oh. Yeah, uh, they that were, was- he was scheduled to talk to to Mark when we were doing our Friday Night Live show. And he ended up um, not being able to make the interview and Mark just spoke to him on his own. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought as I'm watching him, I thought, this is a dude I need to be friends with <laughs> because he see he seemed like he seemed number one. He seems like a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. Number two. Hey, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind being friends with somebody who owns a club that gets all the hot oh, bands yeah. or, or, you know, club bands coming through. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd, I would definitely like to be in on that scene. Um, so, so yeah, so that, that's a guy 
that's a guy I would reach out to. And I, I, I don't know. They didn't talk about recording any new music, but um, that may be worth, that may be worth looking at trying to talk to him again. Hmm. He seemed like a really just super nice, cool dude. And right. they, like I said, they were just very glad to be there. They, they look, they were having a blast. And uh, yeah, I, I did not expect that. I kind of expected him to be standing there kind of looking like guys that, have you know regular day jobs just play on the side once in a while and and not right. really polished but they they look and I know they don't play that much I mean they certainly don't tour or anything but they played like a band that had played a lot they 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 came off really well all right so next band Lizzie Borden okay and I think you said you've seen Lizzie before yes at a festival um, was supposed to be the John Sykes fronted Thin Lizzy. Mm. And last second, we were informed that Thin Lizzy would not be playing, but that Lizzie Borden would be playing instead. Um, outside of Me Against the World, I can't say that I'm a huge Lizzie Borden fan. I know that Metal Dan, for example, has mentioned that he's a pretty big fan of Lizzie Borden, I guess, growing up in California, and that Lizzie was... It's big out there and whatnot. Um, but uh, go ahead. Your thoughts on Lizzie Borden. Yeah. So I, I I actually have bought a few of his albums and I've been playing some of his music. I enjoy it. It's kind of, um, I'm going to say that there's not a lot of his music that just jumps out at you and just grabs you like, oh, this is a great song. I think Me Against the World, uh, That I think that's actually a pretty darn good song. It's kind of unfortunate mm-hmm. for these older bands where they they kind of get their one song on the first album but at least they got one song that people right. know um, so he came right out of it he played um uh my nighttime things or whatever okay, i'm see i'm screwing this up already there's a title track off his last album that came out like maybe three four years ago right okay um, yeah so they started off with that that was a really good song actually i i i was familiar with the song i enjoyed it uh, I knew he was kind of a theatrical costume guy, but I didn't know to what extent he was a costume theatrical guy. I mean, he made Rob Halford look like a slacker in his costume changes. Uh, he went he went through so many different costumes. It was just unbelievable. And, you know, he tried a, a, a bit of magic and uh, did some kind of interesting things. Um, jumped down into the crowd for a while, which uh, I think that's always kind of a ballsy move because you never know what's going to happen. Right. Uh, M3 is a pretty safe audience to do that with. Uh, I remember one year, um, God, why am I thinking? I'm Ted Poley. You know, he's the original singer in Danger, Danger. Right. He was he was there. Um, I don't know if he was doing his own thing or play, singing with somebody else. Uh, but he jumped down and he went running around the audience and people, for whatever reason, love him there. I don't know if he's just big on the East Coast. Maybe that's it. Uh, hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, but he went running around there and um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But but yeah, he, he ended up losing a very expensive necklace. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to come back out on stage after his set and say, uh, hey, you know, if any necklace... And of course, everybody, this is the kind of crowd that you get M3. Everybody starts looking around. Everybody's on the hunt because they want to help out Ted. It's like, right. how cool is that? Rather than like, I want it. it's a very expensive necklace. I want it for me. That wasn't, right. that's not the, that's not the vibe you got. So cool crowd. So yeah, so Lizzie Borden got, got down in there. 
Um, I'm just going to say that he was just mildly uh, musically entertaining. Um, the songs didn't really, he needs better songs. Okay. okay. I think Lizzie, he sings okay and everything. Um, the act was, it was just all right. It, it mm-hmm. wasn't like spectacular. So, and then me against the world. I don't know. Maybe he played it too long or maybe that was our, our next act. We're going to talk about that played their one song way too long. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a big mistake for these bands. Maybe, I don't, I don't know what you guys think, but if you got one hit, don't make it last 10 minutes. Wait a second. I, I got something for you on that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoa, yo, yo, yo. Yeah. Yeah, I, and enough of that. You know, that's the other thing, too. Uh, you know, if you're going to try to get people to sing along with you. Oh, yeah. There it is. That's oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's like sometimes that stuff comes off pretty cool. Sometimes it comes off with just play a song for hell's sake, okay? You know, yeah. enough of this. Let's try to get you to do uh, – you know, the, I, the same guy, people just do the same things over and over that other bands have done. What, 13 what's the one? minute rendition of You've Got Another Thing Coming. Yeah, no, nobody wants that. Nobody needs that. And then at the, towards the end of it, you're thinking, wait, didn't I pay to see you sing? And you're asking me to sing for seven and a half minutes? Yeah. What some guys? guys are really some some guys are really good at pulling that off where it just yeah. doesn't seem like okay you know I'm looking at my watch come on let's go let's, let's move this thing let's move but this thing along. It's the 18th tour where you're doing this. Well, the, if it's the 18th tour of, oh yeah, you're thinking ah. Oh. Well, Can you please you know, play a, a lot? Along those lines, you know, at the end of Desert Plains, the that Rob kind of goes off on his weird screaming thing. Yeah. Oh, please don't do that anymore, Rob. That that's that's awful. I don't even think it was good the first time he did it. I mean, it was just like, don't. I, I don't. Maybe I'm weird, but I'd rather hear. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, if he did that once or twice, right. even I'd be okay. But I feel like when he does that, he does it like twelve times. No, don't, don't just play another, play another song. Okay. Please just play another song. Okay. So Lizzie Borden. So next okay. coming up was Doro. Now I am. Um, oh, wait, Shelly, Shelly, come here. I was, at, I was really looking forward to seeing Doro. I mean, Doro's kind of a, a legend, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, she's a metal, she's a metal queen, uh, hands down metal queen. So she comes out. And, you know, she's got a good band and everything, but Shelly, tell them about Doro. Well, (laughs) I hate to say anything that might offend people that like her. You're not offending the people that like her. Just give her your, this is just opinions. Okay. So, so I didn't know her at all. Um, I'm not the rock aficionado that this guy is. But so just listening from, so, so I don't know the song. So it's kind of interesting hearing it just, her vocal 
range is about four notes. I mean, it really was not good vocally. It was, and and I can appreciate what she does. And I thought her band was really good, but she would just sing these same four notes over and over and over. And it was very limited. And after a while, you, I mean, I, I, I kind of just got bored of hearing those same notes over and over and over. So vocally, it was really tough to listen to when you don't know the songs and you, you, it, it wasn't good. <laughs> Let's just say that it was tough to listen to. So I do have to say this, that um, the, for whatever reason, maybe it's their sound, maybe they had their own sound guy there, but they had her voice way up in the mix, like way up in the mix where it was just her singing and the music was kind of way behind it. And I think that was a big mistake. So like I I took a walk and went out in the back and I think I maybe went to the ladies room or something and came back and it it really was bad, bad from a distance where really all you could hear was her. And it, it was really rough to listen to. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. But, and and, uh, she was, she was the classic example of her big song. All we are. How long do you think that lasted? Oh, that all, all we are. There's those same four notes again, just the same thing over and over and over. And that probably that phrase, the whatever the chorus is of the song, she must have sang that about 50 times, if not <laughs> more. And at the at, at finally about partway through, I was just like, I enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it was stuck in my head for about the next five days. See? And, yeah. No, that, that was the funny thing is that it, for the next couple of days, even on the way home on the plane, Shelly was still singing that song. She goes, that's driving me crazy. Because I can't get those same notes that and that refrain. Um, that all, I don't know what it is. All we are. We are. We are all we need or something like that. And right. she just keeps saying it over and over and over and over for a good probably over five I would say. Yeah, just that. And just getting that. P- getting people to repeat it, you know, sing along. So yeah. On the on the upside of that, I mean, she's a very energetic performer. Oh yeah, she she's, really is. I mean, yeah. she's running around. Um, she's selling it. The band, the band was really good. I, I kind of felt bad though. The the drummer kept kind of egging on the audience to cheer more for her. You know, it's like it's the metal, you know, he was like, it's a metal queen, you know, it's He's a, he's right. a New Jersey guy. He, who was he? Who was he with? You know, Johnny, Johnny? D. I, Johnny I, D. Was he in um, Britney Fox or something? In Britney Fox, and he was in uh, Wasted and Taiketo. Okay, uh. but he's been with Doro for the longest time. Um, in recent years, she's actually had two different bands. She's had a band for the U.S. and a band for Europe because it's just cheaper than flying people mm. back and forth. Um, I really like a lot but of I her performance. I, I liked her performance, though. I mean, yeah. she's like Brad said, she's very energetic. So uh, I think her problem is that it's the pitfalls that a lot of classic artists fall into. You have that one big hit. And with these last few albums, she's just tried to find like a B version of all we are and a C version and a D version. It's like, no, you were great. When you weren't chasing that, you know, when you were doing your own thing. So it's unfortunate because her last few albums, to me, she's become like Manowar, where everything has to be like a copy of an anthem and it just doesn't doesn't work out. So um, 
It's yeah, I kind of feel a bit about her like I did with Lizzie Borden. I actually enjoyed Lizzie Borden better. Um, if we were going to rank people, I think Shelly would agree with me that the headlining band for that night, which we'll talk about next, would be number one far and away. And then it would be Count 77. And then it would be Lizzie Borden. Then, unfortunately, Doro uh, bringing, okay. up the, bringing up the rear if this was a horse race. I, I um, will say this. I, I believe I mentioned this to you, Brad. She did invite me to have a beer with her once. So she gets points on that. <laughs> I agree. And I was going to try to, uh, you know, uh, take, take uh, her up on that for you. Uh, right. But yeah, the way things were, man, I was just, they had, a, they had a meet and greet that you could do as a VIP yeah. person with the band. And I was like, you know, I'm freaking freezing. Although I, it, yeah, and there was a big line standing out in the rain to do this. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this, man. I'm not leaving my seat right. for that. So uh, that brings us to the headliner and I, I metal Dan. I don't think he's out there, but if he no, was out there. Yeah. But he's yeah. going to be listening because he wanted to hear what you had to say about one of his favorite bands, the band that he oh. says he's seen the most live. Well, I'm going to tell you, and, and Shelly, we'll get her opinion really quick. Uh, first time I ever saw kicks, which was the headlining band. They headline every Friday night for 13 years. Now they've headlined, Friday night there. I mean, let's face it. Kicks is a club band in the U.S., pretty much anywhere else. But in Baltimore, they're going to sell 5,000 plus tickets. Right. And they the place was packed for them. And and, uh, and they deserve it. I mean, they come out. They put on a show. Mm-hmm. They really do. And they, they do everything well. Their sound was just perfect. Everything was mixed really well. Um, Steve Whiteman. Um, he, he's just super fun. Yeah. He, yeah. He sings really well. I don't know how old he is, but he sings great. I thought the band was great. They, and I don't really know them that well. Um, but I saw them there last year and became a lot more of a fan and they were just as good this year. Really fun, really fun group. Didn't you see him in a club here and there were only a couple people there? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw him in a club here in, well, in Salt Lake oh. city. And, um, yeah, there was maybe like 200 people there. And and they still they put on as good a show as they did in front of five thousand people. I mean that, and that's a big credit to that band. I mean they they bring it, and they're very they're super well rehearsed. I mean there's a lot of choreography that goes on there, but it's so slick that you don't realize it mm-hmm. that they're doing it. Kind of a thing. It's that, that I mean it's very natural. And he's a yeah boy. I, yeah. So kicks. Yeah. Kicks was fantastic. I was kind of, you know, Metal Dan talking about them on the Monsters of Rock cruise that they had an off night. Uh, I was kind of surprised at that because I, well, now I've only seen them like four times or five times, but uh, they've been uh, right on every time. I mean, sometimes a little bit better than others. Mm-hmm. I think this is maybe better than last year. Was, this year they were great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Either time it was just fantastic. So. Those guys, those guys deserve better. I, I don't know. I don't know. The other thing that makes them really fun there is that everybody in the audience knows all of their songs. And so the audience is just insane for them. They love them. And it just makes for a really fun show when the audience is just just digging it. Unlike I, the other act I really enjoyed when we get to it was Blue Oyster Cult. And I thought they were fantastic, but you could tell most people didn't really know them as well. So it was kind of like low key and that. And I kind of felt kind of 
kind of bad for them. But Kicks, it's just such a fun show because the audience is just so into it. Yeah. And Jeremy, just so you know, Kicks is K-I-X. So I'm sure you've heard of them, especially if, uh, you know, given the, the music that you listen to. Um, Blow My Fuse, Midnight Dynamite, um, Don't Close Your Eyes was probably the super big yep, song. That was a big hit one. here. Yeah. Um, um, Cold Blood. Cold, Cold Blood is Blood. their other yeah. big song. Yeah. That's the other. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're going to, yeah, anybody who doesn't know their music, start off with that album, um, uh, he, Blow My Fuse. He, yeah, didn't a, ask, he didn't ask a million times who was going to blow his fuse. Or he's no. got PC with that. He did have a great tip about wearing reading glasses, though. I'll let Brad tell you about that, not me. <laughs> nah, he, yeah, because yeah, he and he does the sing along thing quite a bit, but he does it okay. I mean, it comes off again because the crowd, the audience, yeah, because yeah. the audience is so into it. Everybody sings along with him and does what he wants him to do, and so he does a sing along with Cold Blood. And it doesn't come off as tired or worn or too long or anything like that. And he has the guy, the girls sing, and he te- and then he teaches the harmony parts of the guys, and then he mixes them together. And then he has the just the guys sing, and then he has them do it a couple times. And he goes, "Okay, just the guys with small with small wieners, you know." And then <laughs> you know, there's always there's always like a bunch of guys that sing along, and that yeah. So his his tip was if if you have a small wiener that you should get yourself a pair of readers because uh, it'll look bigger. There you go. So he's, he's here to help. That's the, that's the kind of guy Steve Whiteman is. He's here to help. Yeah, you, have you, have you interviewed him? I have not, uh, but he's uh, everyone loves him. Um, yeah. He's, he's a vocal coach as well. He's Lizzie Hale's vocal coach actually. Yep. And um, yeah. So, I mean, I've never heard a, a bad thing about him. And actually the other members of the band, I know that um, from the rock and pot expo, there have been other members that have been, that have gone to that. I think uh, Daryl Forsyth is the name of the guitarist, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Brian. Brian Forsyth. Brian okay. Damage Forsyth. Yeah. There you go. He's- and he's been great. I mean, he's someone who, you know, has a huge presence on social media. And um, and it's been great about promoting that. And I've heard nothing but good things about him and the rest of the band. So that's awesome. Yeah. The first year I went, I was waiting at the Baltimore airport to fly out and he was sitting across from me and without the makeup, let's just say he looks a lot different. <laughs> Bless his heart. And I, I was, I, you know, I didn't want to be that guy and try to talk to him. Right. You know, part, part of me did. I was like, I wanted to go say hi to him. I, I saw Vinny Apice there in the in the airport as well. And I just said, hey, Vinny, nice show last night. And he was uh, very cordial and said, oh, thanks, man. Uh, but I'm not I'm not the guy who goes bugging people. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm, I'm just. Yeah. But I, I did interview Steve, Steve Whiteman uh, here in Salt Lake. Actually, he invited me to his hotel. Uh, we did it in the lobby. So kept it clear, clean. Okay. And it was kind of a it was kind of a weird interview. Uh, just cause I felt weird because I brought up some things that kind of pushed a couple of his buttons. Okay. Uh, which you can, you can catch that on the Yard Metal YouTube page, by the way, if you want to watch that. But when I listened back to it and and I was like, oh, no, it was just me. I was just getting kind of weird. Um, he was he was super, super nice. Uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't have been more uh, 
more more nice. So kicks, I'm going to give them um, it was many uh, uh, as many Marses as we can give on this show. <laughs> and what, what's the maximum? Is it five or ten? Whatever you want to make it, Brad. I'm I'm flexible. Yeah. We'll go five Marses. Right, Five gang, I'm gonna I'm gonna butt out now that I've put in my two cents. Although I'm gonna say one more thing, but I've got stuff to do, so I gotta leave. But I gonna say one more thing. Ingway Malmstein. So there's a level of um, <laughs> douchiness. So here's like a normal person, zero douchiness, just no douchey. Here's your super douche up here. I'm like right in here. Here's <laughs> your super douche. I'm gonna give Ingway. I, I'm sorry. I just can't reach that high. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Shelly for the appearance and for the uh, co- commentary there. But uh, would CEO Dave uh, agree? About Ingvay? That's a great question. And uh, CEO Dave's been in uh, the Philippines. He just barely got back. So okay. I, I, we got to get him on the show one of these days to tell his Ingve stories. And uh, yeah, he's got some real, some real interesting things to say about Ingve because he, he just would go over to his house and hang out. And uh, he did have a, he, he, I remember one of the stories he told was that he kind of called Ingve on some of his BS and he, he pissed off Ingve so much that Ingve left his house. Oh, wow. He says, that's kind of funny because I figured he'd throw me out. But no, he left and left me in his house. And <laughs> like, yeah, who does that? So he right. just he just left. He did come back eventually. Um, but uh, yeah, CEO Dave, man, he, he's the CEO. He didn't he didn't like the way that he treated the other guys in the band. Uh, I guess he was uh, Jeff Scott Soto was there one night and he was kind of Ingve was really making fun of him and being kind of an ass to him. And Dave right. was like, dude, this is your singer, man. You need to, you need to, like, this is your guy. I was like, why right. are you treat, why are you treating him like crap? So, uh, enough Dave's, English. Dave is lucky he didn't unleash the fucking fury. No kidding. In fact, Dave, uh, I think I've told you this story, but Ingve gave Dave one of his leather jackets. Oh, wow. I don't know where it is now. It's a badass jacket, too. I don't think I can fit into it. Uh, if it's one of Ingve's now jackets, I could fit into it. But back then, <laughs> right. no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, well spoiler. Yeah, that, that's enough Ingve till we get to day three. Okay, let, we're, let's right. move things. Let's move things along. So that was the end of day one. Uh, we called it a success. We had fun. It was just long enough to get super ice cold frozen, but not long enough to to want to have to run out of there. We didn't leave early because, again, kicks was that good. I, I Yeah, we sat through 43 cool. degree freezing ass rainy weather and as steve whiteman said he said if i was you i wouldn't be here (laughs) uh okay saturday so saturday um we show up at noon uh bright and early there and not a lot of people there's a lot of partying that goes on after after the set they they the main the hotel where they put up the bands and that they kind of have a get together after after the night where you can anybody can go and hang out. It's not mm-hmm. no cost or anything. And they'll usually have some jam sessions and things like that. I've never gone to that. Uh, I know in the past, Mark's invited me uh, over there to hang out in the bar and drink and stuff. Well, guess who doesn't drink? Um, it might be me. And and plus, I'm just tired, man. And it's, I don't want to stay up till three in the morning and then try to get up because I want to see the bands. So bright and early Saturday, we come wheeling in there. And we hear um, 
the Magical Mystery Tour. So the band's playing the Magical Mystery Tour. I'm like, wait a second. This is supposed to be uh, Lillian Axe. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like Lillian Axe. And as I get closer, I see, sure enough, it's Chips Enough. I'm like, what is, uh, what's Enough's Enough doing here? They're not on the, they weren't on the bill at all. Right. Uh, so at the last moment, one of these bands pulled out. So we started theorizing who that might be. I thought, well, maybe Lillian Axe is out, and that's why Enough's Enough's in their slot. Uh, and then I thought, well, there's the band who's been on the bill every time I've gone and has never shown up. And that's a band I'll talk about here in a moment. So enough's enough. I've seen them f- a few times. Um, they're all right. I mean, uh, he, I think the band was totally different than what I saw two years ago or three years ago when I saw him. Uh, I'm sure he kind of shuffles guys around. Um, you know, so but it's Chip. So Chip and his guys. Everybody loves Chip. And he seems like a really nice guy, and that's probably why people love him. Um, I don't know. But anyway, I, I kind of, you know, for a Saturday morning uh, or early afternoon and for 30 minutes, I enjoyed it. It was it was actually better than when I've seen him before where I got kind of bored really quick. Uh, they played mostly, they did play a lot of Beatles songs because uh, I guess they got that album that they most recently did a big right. Beatles cover. And that was okay. But of course they played their hits, you know, fly high Michelle and all that. And there, there was no sing along. So good job, chip. Of course, I guess when you got 30 minutes, you don't want to blow it doing a sing along, but next was Lillian Axe. And I know, um, I think it's Jack Frost. Is he the, am I saying that right? Is he the guitar player that's been in that band? I think there was only two. I think there's only two original guys that are still in the band and it's him. Jack Frost uh, is an original from that band. Is it? He's not original. No, he is. They're out of New or- New Orleans, though. They're a Louisiana band. Yeah, and um, Jack Frost is from New Jersey. Oh yeah, that's right. He is from New Jersey. But the band from Blaze? New Jersey. is that Steve you're Blaze? That's it. Steve Blaze. I'm sorry. Steve Blaze Frost. Um, who's who's the guy that? Who's the guy who did that other album, um, uh, Brothers in Arms? Is that who's that's Jack Frost? That's Jack Frost. Okay, see, I get these guys that have these like stage names. I get them all mixed up. I, I don't think that's on his birth certificate. name. That's on his birth certificate, Jack. Um, Jack Frost. You know, like Frosty the Snowman. There Jack, you go. Frosty the Snowman. Frost. <laughs> Which, by the way, I really do like that Brothers in Arms album. I, okay. I'll give I'll give that a shout out here. I really I really do like that. That's good. That's what really well done music. He's he, well, he put together a good album. We found one person that liked it. Oh, roast! <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I heard uh, heard that album songs off that album here first. So as a patron uh, of yours on yeah. Patreon, you get to see daily videos of new music that's coming out, and that's where I heard that first. I have not seen any Lillian Axe in any of your videos that you've put out. Uh, they uh, just released the greatest hits, and to my knowledge, they haven't released any new videos. But if yeah. they release something new and I, it's sent to me or it's on one of my sites that I normally go to to check out for new videos, then I'll post it. There you go. So they they were actually really good. I mean, they, they were, you know, considering that I don't know when and where those guys play. I never see them any, you know, like a tour list or anything. 
Um, I'm, but they, they played really well together. I mean, they, they were, uh, but it looked like only two old dudes and a bunch of young guys uh, <laughs> that they had kind of putting the, putting the band together. They have one song, um, give a little love or something like that. I think that was their, their hit from again, back in the day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but they, of course they saved that for last, but uh yeah, they were they were good. They weren't great. They were just, they were just good. It, okay. it wasn't. I think if I'm right about this, their singer was really good. If I'm thinking about that right, I might be thinking about Leather Leatherwolf. But right. again, those right. L bands: the Lizzie Borden, right. uh, Lillian Axe, and Leatherwolf. The L bands: the three the L's. Triple L tour. Yeah. Um, so Lillian Axe was just all right. They were they were okay. More more enjoyable than Doro. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay, so next up is a band. This is the second time I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up was a band. This is the second time I've seen them, and both times at M3. Band I really knew nothing about other than I remember seeing them on MTV once upon a time, and that's Vane. Uh, okay. Let's see if I can get the name right now, because I screwed it up last time. It was Danny Vane? Davey. Davey freaking, ah, geez. Davey Vane, Yeah. So his band looked pretty much uh, like same same people that he had last right. time. There, there's been a question about the one the lead guitar player though, the, at least the main lead guitar player who is quite a player about mm-hmm. their uh, gender um, orientation. I know Mark talked about this at one point, and I'm I'm I don't know. Looks like a dude looks like a lady, I, or a lady looks like a lady. It's one or the other, but it doesn't matter. I don't care. Uh, the, the guitar player, the band was really good. And Davey, Davey Vane, uh, he, he did really well. He, he was, he's a very likable guy. I mean, he comes across very genuine. I think his songs are very good. He didn't do the same set as last time when I saw him, uh, which was kind of cool because I got to hear more songs I hadn't heard before. Um, it was, it was just very enjoyable. He didn't waste any time. There was no time fillers. He just went out there, put on a show, kind of, you know, talked a little bit between songs, talked about, uh, you know, growing up in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was very polished. I, I I don't know how how much action those guys get as far as playing out, but I, I've never seen them on a bill anywhere else. Um, but but yeah, if you if you see them coming your way, go see them. They're they're really very, very enjoyable. Okay, now that brings me up to the uh, mystery band, the band that's been on the bill every year and never shown up until this year, and that's Heaven's Edge. Okay. I knew absolutely nothing about these guys. I did figure out that they're from Philadelphia, which is just up the road from right. uh, Baltimore. And these guys were really good. I was shocked. I mean, they're more kind of a, a just rock and roll, more 80s kind of rock vein. Not, mm-hmm. not to go back to vain, but you know, they, right. they were, they were more in that, but they were, they were really, really good. I, I, I enjoyed the heck out of them. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to check out their music now. Now that I know they're, they are a real band. Uh, I guess the problem, they, he, they claimed that they canceled the last time that they were supposed to play there because their bass player died. And that's a fair, uh, that's a fair reason. That's a good um, excuse. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I mean, not like some bands, like, I won't say the who, where your bass player dies or ZZ Top, your bass player dies. Hey, you just go out and play the next night. You right. Know? 
Yeah, I which I, I get that too. The show show must go on. I would like to think that if my band, when I die, if uh, that they would go out and play the next night too and celebrate my life, I I I'd be all I'd be all for that. I'm not all for everybody shutting things down and crying and mourning and that. And uh, I want I want people to have fun, man. That's that's what I want to be remembered for. I want I want people to have fun. So it's kind of a cavalier move, though, isn't it? Uh, that's the cavalier kind of guy that I am. Uh, so Heaven's Edge was really good. They did announce that uh, they got a record deal with Frontiers. Okay. Ooh. So, um, and uh, the singer said, well. Yeah. So the, I guess the real question is, according to him, the, they wrote, the, these guys actually wrote the songs for this album okay. that the, that's going to be coming out in the fall. Uh, so it's not like Frontiers handed them songs that they wanted them to play. Not yet. So I, I would say that kind of bodes well for them. They played one song that's going to be off this album and it was good. It was a good song. It was just a, you know, if, yeah, I figure when you go to a concert and you hear somebody play a song you've never heard before and you like it, that's a good sign. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a really good sign. You don't have to like get to know the song to really enjoy it. Yeah. So, but that, that also speaks to the, the music that they do. I mean, it's real recognizable, um, you know, they're not, they're not stretching out doing something nobody's ever done before. So I, I'm interested to, uh, to hear that. So heaven's edge, they showed up and they played well. And again, for a band that I don't know that they ever play anywhere other than somebody's basement, they, they, <laughs> they played really well together. I mean, they didn't come off as a band that, you know, hadn't played before or in a long time. They, they played really well. So at this point, Shelly was freezing. I mean, I was freezing, but she was freezing to the point where it's like, I, I can't stay here anymore. So I said, well, the problem with the, this, this deal is that there's no re reentry. Mm-hmm. So once you leave, you can't come back. So I said, well, why don't you go back to the hotel, get warm, and then I'll call you, you know, and you pick me up. Um, she schmoozed the guys at the door until letting her go out and come back in, which huh. was cool. Yeah. So good job. Good job, Shelly. Yeah. I said, yeah, I tried to do that one year when I was freezing. I said, I just want to go out to my car, get my coat. I'll come right back. And I said, I, I won't even take like five minutes. They said, nope, we won't let you in. But I get I get why nobody would let me in, but they would let Shelly in. I, mean, right. I, well, I was, was going to say she 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 charms them. They, they, I mean, if they gave you five minutes, you know, you'd yeah. probably be able to do the same thing. But, uh, you know. At, yeah. at first sight, who are they choosing? Yeah, I, I believe me. I, I mean, I would let Shelly in every time. So there you go. <laughs> she can she she can do anything she wants, and it's fine with me. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So next up <clears throat> was Tony Harnell uh, of of TNT, which they put in parentheses after his name. So. For those of you who don't know who, who Tony Harnell is, like <laughs> people don't know who TNT is. I mean, I don't know. I, I uh, let's see. I don't know if Johan's still out there, but uh, he's probably gone to bed. But I don't know that TNT really had a, a, a more than just a brief moment here in the U.S. Uh, they might be a little bigger over there somewhere. Uh, definitely in Norway, they'd be big. I, I know of them thanks to Eddie Trunk because Tony's from New York, yep. which meant that they got played in the New York metropolitan area on all the 
metal stations or uh, metal shows. So yeah. that's why I know them. And the only song he ever played was 10,000 Lovers. That was it. Yeah. And that's not even like a great song. Um, I mean, it's 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 a catchy kind of riffy, riffy song, hooky kind of song. But I, I've there's a lot better TNT songs out there. I'll just throw that down. So here's the thing I'm going to say about him. And I, I kind of theorized that the reason he got kicked out of Skid Row is maybe the the music, maybe it was a little bit too taxing on his vocals. Because let's face it, the bar set pretty high with that old Skid Row stuff. Mm-hmm. But no, that obviously wasn't the problem because this guy could sing his ass off. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Unbelievable. And, and he did a pretty long set, like 40, 50 minutes. And he was hitting notes and effortlessly and just the the dudes the dude's a pro oh yeah and he he was lamenting that oh i'm going to be turning 60 this year I'm like you know yeah cry me a river turning 60 yeah he he looks great he looks great for even if he had said he was turning 40 he looks great and right. he again he's saying his ass off but it's not like he's in a band that's playing 160 shows a year right well he's in like he's in like 20 bands right now you know, he's uh, okay. all these different like frontiers projects. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I, I remember he was in a band with the, the lead guitar player, one of the lead guitar players from Riot, the big guy um, who's passed on. And why am I blanking on his name right now? Uh, but it was called Westworld. And they did two studio albums and a live album. And I'm going to tell you right now, those albums are really good. Uh Really good. I'm trying to remember who else was in there. The bass player from oh, the bass player from Danger Danger. What is what is his name? He's he's a great songwriter. Um, Bruno Ravel. Yeah, Bruno Ravel. Yeah. Aren't these guys New Jersey guys, or am I wrong on that? Bruno, I think, is from Long Island. Oh, Long Island. Okay. Um, That's close to and, Jersey. Yeah. Well, Andy Timmons is from Texas, so he's like oh, the okay. farthest import. Yeah, I actually got to meet him as a kid. Oh, cool. Um, What's he was promoting a Kramer guitar, which had a, a sustainer pickup. Mm. And he was going around to all the like local shops um, doing clinics, and we all got pictures with him. So very cool. Yeah, he's a he's actually a really good guitar player. Um, I've yeah. never seen him live, but um, but anyway, so Tony Harnell, I'm gonna give him top marks. Uh, it was a very okay. good show. He's band his band was really good uh very um yeah his guitar player was excellent the bass player was excellent drummer the whole thing it was just three piece with him singing and they pulled off all that all that music extremely well i mean i kind of thought eh, you know is he just putting together like a you know a band of just kind of guys and it's going to come off that way no it came off very well so tony harnell strong work all right next stephen piercy who luckily knew where he was. Uh, and I've seen him a couple of times uh, solo. I think I've only seen Rat once, and it was on their very first tour. Uh, they played in Salt Lake City. So it was 1984. And um, I got to say, I was bored. Uh, I, had, I had a math test, a calculus test the next day. So I had my book with me and I studied while they were playing. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I got an A on the test, so so thank you, Stephen, for that. But here, so so Stephen, his band, his band is okay. I, I feel like it was a lot better than the last time I saw him, which was at a music festival in Texas. 
where it just kind of felt thrown together and just kind of like a bar band kind of a thing. This was uh, certainly more polished this time around. Uh, the band played quite well, but I don't know whether they're under strict orders to stand on a spot, but that's what they did. Those guys weren't moving. Yeah, Stephen Stephen was kind of prancing around. For some reason, he really was enthralled with stage stage right. He kept going over to stage right and, how you guys doing? Hey, hey. I don't know. I'm kind of worried about you. You doing all right? And he would do that like after every song, he would go over there and, and you know, like, yeah, Stephen, you know, I don't know that this, this shtick is going to get any better. Keep doing it. Try it after the next song. See if it's going to get entertaining. Well, was that Robbie Crane on bass with him? Um, I got to look at my picture because I, I see when you shoot me those those messages, I was like, I'm not sure which band you were talking about. Um, I don't think it was Robbie Crane because it looked oh, like Robbie him. He played in Rat, though, didn't he? Right. And he's currently in Black Star Riders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him in Black Star Riders. Well, more than a few times. And uh, he's really good. I, I like his bass playing a lot. His bass playing is good, but his vocals suck. Not so I mean, good. Yeah, like with um Oh what? You know what? That he does look like Robbie Crane. I don't think yeah. that's him though. The, well yeah, I think I'm, that's a, a heavier version of him. <laughs> you think you're tough. He he would sing Juan's parts in you, uh, you think you're tough. And he it, it was just really bad when he would do it. So I love Robbie as a player. It was nice when I interviewed him, but it just didn't sound good when he did that part. Yeah, I'm going to send you a, a picture of, of the band and you tell me what you think again. Because I know you just saw the video, so you only got a quick look at it. Um, I don't think that was him. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, let's see, I ran into him backstage when we were interviewing Doug Scared of Saxon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Because that was on that tour where Black Star Writers was warming up. And uh, yeah, seemed like a nice guy. Uh, killer bass player. But yeah, vocals, I can't I can't comment on that. Um, but the, his back. So Stephen Piercy wasn't awful. OK, I'm going to give him that. He okay. was not awful. Um, it was just all right. I think he pretty much played all rat songs, which I mean, I don't know how many solo albums does he have? When do you think oh. he's He's got a lot. He's got like 12 solo albums. Yeah. Wouldn't you think he'd work some of that stuff over a little bit, but maybe not. I mean, he's smart. People. The, last, the, the last two solo albums are great by him. All right. They're, I'll check that out. Both really good. Uh, Smash and You Only Live Twice. Is that the name of the second one where they're all yeah, James Bond? They're, they're all yeah. titled after James Bond movies, basically. Yeah, he played the James Bond theme uh, as their in, intro. Yeah, that's his favorite. Um, franchise. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. James Bond. Well, that's that's a solid choice. If you're going to if you're going to have to pick one, that's a good one. Um, I'm, I, I love James Bond stuff as well. Uh, so yeah, so Stephen Piercy was good. Um, I, 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 yeah, I wasn't like looking at my watch every five minutes. Uh, my favorite song uh, that they played was um, "You're in Love," and it's mostly because the the riff to that. Um, yeah, 
that is a guy that is a great song i don't know who wrote that probably warren but uh uh guy that's a great that's a great song so so there you go he played yeah played played pretty much all rat songs the people loved him i mean yeah which made me think would it have would they have gone any more nuts if it had actually been rat i don't know the 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 brand name carries a lot more weight than i think his name does it does Uh, for, for bookings yeah for getting people in the seats but as far as the people that were there at this at this uh, at this show, they loved him. I mean, they they really loved it. So yeah. I'll give him I'll give him um, top marks for that. He put on a show that everybody enjoyed. You're in love, written by Stephen Piercy and Juan Crucier. Well done, Juan. But I guess Stephen uh, says he plays guitar. Stephen says that he plays guitar and that he's written a lot of these riffs. So, well, whoever wrote that riff, it's it's my favorite rat riff. Rat riff. There you go. There you go. So there you go. All right. So then, uh, at this point, and Stephen Piercy just finishes. My phone uh, rings, and it's Shelly. She's like, "I'm back." She said, "Will you come to the gate in case they?" She's back from more. She came back from, oh, see, I see what you did there. (laughs) She came back from more because she wanted to see Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, Yeah, and this play, I mean, the place at this point, when Stephen Piercy played, the place was just packed. All the seats were packed, Mm -hmm. um, and it's pouring rain, just pouring rain. So Shelly calls me and says, hey, can you come to the gate just in case they give me crap? And I said, sure. So I got there. I, I did my best to schmooze the guys. She did her best. And it was actually different guys that had let her out. They had shift change. Right. And they were cool. They're like, yeah, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. So they, they totally let her in again. Why wouldn't you let Shelly in? I'd let her in anywhere. Uh, so Bloister Colt, Shelly nailed this one. Uh, for the most part, people had kind of dispersed. I mean, there was probably half the amount of people down in the seats that were there for Stephen Piercy. And a lot of the people, as I'm looking around when Blue Oyster Colt hits the stage, they're they're everybody's kind of just looking at their phones, not not recording, but just looking at their phones, surfing, checking their tweets and whatnot. And I my theory there is that oh, these people are 80s people. I mean, Blue Oyster Colt certainly was putting out music in the 80s, uh, but I mean their big moments were in the 70s. Right. And I, I do have to say they were, they were, I mean, for fricking old dudes in their mid seventies, I mean, Buck and uh, Eric, it's the best I've heard Eric sing in over 20 years. I mean, he, huh. it's been, it's been no secret that he's had vocal problems and there's been shows where he almost never sings at all and just lets mm-hmm. Buck do all the singing. And, and when he does sing, he keeps, you know, he doesn't go for anything high, you know, he keeps, right. uh, keeps all low. He was, he's, he's saying really, well at this show i was just blown away how well he's saying and the set list was good which i think that was probably a problem too because they they're kind of now in their old age favoring deep tracks i mean yeah mm-hmm. they play the, what they call the big three you know don't fear the reaper godzilla and burning for you the, mm-hmm. the, that's that's what in the boc uh, fans that's the big three uh, they did play those. They didn't play them all together which is nice they used to save them all till the end but now they space them out through the set Right. Uh, I did record uh, Godzilla for my 
for my son because it's his favorite Bloister Colt song. I put it up on the Yard Metal uh, YouTube page if you want to check there it out. Cool. Uh, I felt like actually being there was significantly better than than watching it on YouTube. <laughs> it was one of those, but it's still it's still pretty good. It gives you an idea of what's going on. Um, right. But I and I'm going to give uh, uh, what's his name because of course I'm I'm blank his name the. Uh, um, Oh, guy. Castanello. Yeah, Castanello. Um, what's his Richie? Name? Richie, Richie? Richie Castanello. Yeah, that guy, uh, him him and the, the drummer, they really infused a uh, huge life into this band. Mm-hmm. I mean, they make it rock. Because really, Buck and Eric can't move around a huge amount. Although, Buck, for hell's sake, man, that guy still plays his ass off on guitar. And uh, he, st- he sings incredibly well. And I think he's like 75 years old. So, Did they play Take Me Away? No, they didn't play. I've never seen them play that. I don't. Well, I, I take that back. I have seen them play that because uh, I've seen them a lot. But yeah, I would have loved to have heard them play that. That's a that's a great song. You know who wrote that, don't you? Who wrote that? Aldo Nova. No kidding. Yeah. Aldo Nova wrote that for him. That makes sense. Yeah, because that's a great it's song. Very from that time period. Yeah, that's about the only... That that whole album, that's a whole other thing. We're not here to talk about Bloister Colt, but uh, but they were. I I thoroughly enjoyed them, and they're supposed to be coming here in August, so I'm I'm definitely planning on seeing them again. Where I kind of dropped out about ten years ago, I kind of got tired of the Eric not singing and playing them playing the same set over and over and over after about you know three or four shows. It's like you know I I don't need to see the same set over and over, and it was tired. The guys they had in the band were tired. It was just, it was like, yeah, guys, it's maybe it's time to think about doing something else, but it's like a, it's like a totally new infused band. And uh, of course the only thing that would make it better, according to Shelly is that if I was playing bass and uh, (laughs) I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say I'm, I'm there. I'm here for you guys. You know, you, you want to, you want to bring some life and more life into the band right here. I, I will bring it, man. And, and I can actually sing too. So there you go. By the way, bass player for Stephen Piercy is Jerry Montano, who played for Danzig and played for Hell Yeah. So he's played in much heavier bands, and he's now playing with Stephen. Stephen, I guess, helps pay the bills. So do what you got to do. He gets booked, man. Yeah, I didn't think that was Robbie. He he looked a, he looked a little more hammered than Robbie looks pretty good up close. I mean he looks he looks like he's in good shape. This guy this guy looked like he'd had a few, you know, slept under the car a few times. <laughs> okay. Bless his heart. He's probably a really nice guy. Molly Molly agrees. Molly, uh, yeah. Yeah. So at this point, we real we we learned who was the band that wasn't there and why enough's enough was thrown into the bill. And uh, Extreme was supposed to be next, right? And uh, they announced that the that uh, you know Extreme wouldn't be playing because somebody in the band or somebody in the Extreme family has COVID, and so they right. had to cancel. So I'll give them a pass on that. Although I was really I I was very excited to see them because the last time I saw them there they were brilliant, and I'm I'm really hoping they get this new album out that they recorded like over well before covid right I mean, and it, it was very i've I, i've heard some excerpts from it it's very riffy uh very just straight up rock kind of yeah 
I'm I, I hope that album actually does come out. So and I hope they're all healthy. I hope whoever has COVID they get over it and and uh, they get to move on. But they were they were the band that, that when I did see him, Nuno didn't want to stop playing. He wanted to do this guitar solo thing, and they were at the end of their time. And so that the stage started turning on them, and he was he was not amused. It's like you you can't turn the stage on Nuno, right? But I thought he was going to throw down with somebody. He, he was not he he was not happy about that. So in other words, Extreme didn't show up. Blue Oyster Cult became the headliner for the night. No, there's okay. one other band. Okay. And we and it's Tom Kiefer. Spoiler alert. Okay. So I, I we're we're both freezing still. I've been there the whole time. I'm just super frozen. And I'm like, yeah, I I kind of want to just let's just hang out for a few songs just so I can see if it's my imagination or if that he was really as awful as he was the last time I saw him. And we waited and we waited. And we waited. And I mean, it was more than like a half an hour. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And Shelly is finally like, I'm, I'm not waiting any longer. So as we were walking out, they finally hit the stage and let somebody save me. Somebody save me. And it, it I don't know, his, his band, I, they're, they're good musicians in that, but they're not, they're not, uh, they're not like, I don't know. He's trying to be the Black Crows is the problem. And and the thing is, I don't want to see the Black Crows cover a song like Somebody Save Me. I want to see Cinderella do it or at least come as close as possible to that. And that's that's the whole thing. He's. Tom Kiefer has this weird dynamic where he doesn't want to be associated to Cinderella. He wants to be, again, he wants to be associated to like a black crows type thing, but guess what? You made it famous with Cinderella and the only crowd that actually gives a damn about you is that crowd, the black crows crowd that, you know, purist Southern rock bullshit that, you know, surrounds that band which which is what it is, you know. There's there's, yeah. you know. Yeah, oh, I mean, we're we're a rock band. We're not a metal band. We're not this. Hey, you had to open for fucking Michael Shanker on your first tour because no one wanted to book you. Okay, so and and it's just this whole thing where they've always bitched about, you know. Oh no 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 no, we're not. We're authentic rock. We're this. We're that. Eh, whatever, you know. A band yeah. that. Again, when Kingdom Come was put on the spit for sounding too much like Led Zeppelin, no one had a problem with the Black Crows sounding too much like the Faces or the Rolling Stones. So I never understood that. Um, with, well, with- probably because those most of the people at that time, you know, were not huge, not like the all about those. Zeppelin is kind of like sacred territory or whatever. And and I'm I'm with you. It's like who cares if you sound like Zeppelin? As long as you're doing it good. I mean, right. As long as you're good, that's all that matters. So, so yeah, but yeah, yeah, with so, Tom Kiefer, with what you heard, was it you're saying that somebody saying me just didn't sound good. So um, I, I, didn't, walking, I wouldn't say that. It's just it, it wasn't it you're right. It didn't sound like the original. I mean, it didn't sound like what you would expect. 
Right. A little bit softer. I mean, the equipment they're all using, they're using all this vintage amps and stuff like that. And it was, it just, it, it wasn't the biting kind of rock. You know what I mean? The, the guys are kind of playing groove, kind of laid back and it, it didn't have the intensity that you would want in that song. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. That's so, so stupid. But I do have to say this, that where the last time I saw Tom Kiefer, he came out wearing like track pants and a t-shirt and he looked like he just woke up. His hair was like, you know, two sides of whatever. Uh, he, he actually dressed, he actually like, you know, dressed up like he was going to a concert this time. Oh, wow. So, so I'll give him top marks for that. He, he looked like he was there to rock. He looked good. He, he looked healthy. He looked good. So the, so the previous time he either had an accident before going out on stage <laughs> or he was, or he was asleep in his trailer and uh, they were like, Tom, you got to hit the stage. You know, we got two minutes. Oh, what? Oh, okay. And they just pushed him out there and he was still waking up. And that's uh, yeah. what he looked, that's what he looked like the first time I saw him this and, time. And th- yeah. This time he was fully awake and, and uh, happening. They, uh, they were, they were pushing him out on stage and he was saying, ah, Somebody save me. I want to go back to sleep. Yeah. And then when they said, Tom, you got to put, you got to put some pants on. And he said, I'm nobody's fool. I'm not wearing that. I'm just going out in my track pants. (laughs) (laughs) They might not have even been his. (laughs) They might not have even been his. Hey, maybe the, maybe his keyboard player threw up on him and you know, He said, you're giving me your pants. There you go. So, but I, I wish him luck. I mean, I, I don't, I did actually in, in full disclosure, I watched some YouTube videos of him from that show. Cause I, I, we obviously left. I mean, I could hear him in the parking lot, but, um, and I thought actually he, he was okay. I mean, I, I can't say, I can't say it was, I can't say anything really bad about him other than if you're a Cinderella fan, it's not Cinderella. So, okay. But as you're walking to your car, are you thinking I made a good decision by not sticking around for this or did Uh, you say, I kind of felt felt like at that point getting warm was more important. I didn't feel like, Oh, we need to go back. No, I was, I felt, I didn't feel like, I'm kind of weird though. It's like when I go to a baseball game, I don't leave until the last out of the ninth inning. Right. Uh, when I go to a concert, I don't you're like not a leaving Dodgers early. fan. Then. Yeah. I, you're, you're right. I'm not the the typical LA person that shows up in the third inning, leaves in the sixth. You know, get my Dodger dog and I'm out of there. Um, yeah. The only band that I just had to leave and then couldn't was Ario Speedwagon, but we've already covered that. Yeah. So yeah. you wanted to, you wanted to get warm, and you said to your wife, "Somebody save me! I'm freezing." Yes, exactly right. And a long cold winter. It was a long cold. Uh, spring. <laughs> a long cold winter. Yes, <laughs> it felt like a long cold winter. Man, I was chilled to the bone. I'm telling you, when it gets cold out here because it's dry, you can put on like one coat and you're fine. It's 20 degrees. You're fine. One coat there with the humidity. Uh, we had like each three layers on of coats. We yeah. wore everything we had and we, and it was just cutting right through you. You're that, preaching to the choir. I live yeah. on the coast and I say this all the time. The humidity just sticks to your bones. 
It does. So, it does. Yeah. So we went back to the hotel. Shop Molly's not amused either. Uh, we went back to the hotel, got warm, and enjoyed the rest of the evening. And then uh, we got up bright and early Sunday, and we're like, doggone it, I really want to see Burning Witches. I want to see what these ladies are all about. And we got there right before they came on. There was not many people there. <laughs> and I tell you what, these these ladies hit the stage, and they were on fire. <laughs> they were they were they were burning up, man. I I I did shoot one video of a song, Hex and Hammer, and I put that on uh, Yard Metal YouTube. Uh, everybody should check that out. That one's actually really good because um, it sounds good. They you you see the kind of energy they were bringing. The they were. Yeah, they brought it, and they were they were a lot heavier than I expected. I, I yeah. do have some of their music, but I mean, this is a very Iron Maiden esque, like old Iron Maiden. Okay. You yeah, know. and even the newer stuff is even heavier than that. Like the last album is going more towards like um, Testament territory. Where yeah, 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 yeah. Heavy. Yeah, yeah. I would I would agree with that, and. But what sold me with them is the fact that they they were there. There weren't a lot of people there and they rocked their asses off. Mm -hmm. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Shelly, Shelly really liked it, too. I um, and again, not knowing the songs uh, that that's that's very impressive. Mm -hmm. So I would I would go see them again. I need to look and see where else they're playing if they're getting out this way on this tour. I, I think that's really cool of M3, which is an 80s festival to bring right. in this rel relatively new band uh, and somehow get them from Switzerland over here. Cause that's not an easy trick either nowadays. Right. And uh, just to play a third, 30 minute set. So, so well done. Okay. I need to do something with this dog. Hey, what's your problem? Come here. <laughs> you want to say, you want to say hi? Yeah. Say hi. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so up next uh, was Leatherwolf. I knew nothing about these guys other than they have three guitar players. And uh, Wayne Findlay, which I, I spotted him right, right away. I was like, wait a second, that's Wayne Findlay. Um, I think there's only two original guys in the band still. Uh, the bass player, which looked like he'd just crawl out of bed. And <laughs> one of the guitar players, I think. And uh, they were really good. Their singer, the, the guy who's singing for them now, that dude was just hitting big notes effortlessly. And I, I was very impressed by them. I'm, I'm definitely going to buy some of their music and uh, check them out more. So, so top marks for those guys. And they, they actually put on a pretty good show, too. They, they were bringing a lot of energy. So Leatherwolf, I don't know. You familiar with any of their music? I think I asked you. Um, I've heard songs of theirs in the past, but I can't say that you know I'm really well versed in what they do. Wikipedia doesn't have Wayne Finley in the band, but their singer's been with them since 2019. So, oh, so he's really new. Yeah, yeah, that that dude. I don't know who he was singing with before or what he was doing before, but oh my gosh, they they're they're like putting a band together to like actually do something. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like they just threw this together to do this show kind of a thing. Yeah, uh, so it'll be coach as well. So, yeah, I can see why. Yeah. So, so they were, so right away we got two bands that came out and they played it like they meant it. They were bringing energy to the stage and they were, they were hitting on all cylinders. So good job by both those bands. So okay, he's been in bands. He's been in leather wolf and Ninja Gandhi. <laughs> wow. That's quite a cross, isn't it? Absolutely. That's, a, that's like one of those things where, okay, we're going to come up with a band name. We're going to take all these words. Everybody's going to put in like 20 words into a hat, and then we're yeah. going to pull two of them out. And whatever those two are, that's going to be the band name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ninja Gandhi. Yeah, so Leather Wolf, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to do a deep dive on them and listen to some of their stuff. I don't know if they have any newer recordings. You're looking at the Wikipedia. What's their last album? I just closed it. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. That's all right. Leather Wolf, their last album came out. Where's discography? Oh, wow. Their last full-length album, according to Wikipedia, again, this hasn't. This may not be updated, but according to Wikipedia, 2007. Okay, so it's been a while. Yeah. Yep. So, but, you know, in both these bands, the the first, again, this is an 80s music festival. So you, right. you're, you're kind of expecting not what Burning Witches did, you know, not real heavy metal. I mean, they, they kind of went there with uh, Doro and... Um, I don't know who else was more metal. Uh, well, I'm going to say really Burning Witches, but they were the most metal of anybody. Uh, and I think Shelley said, "Guy and Burning Witches, they probably took their name from the Doro song. Uh, Could be. But she says, I like them like a hundred times more than I like Doro. So she really, she really liked them a lot. Uh, Leather Wolf was really good. Okay, so the next was Choir Boys. And I thought, well, this is kind of cool that they're really mixing it up again. Other than it's like, who's going to know Choir Boys music? Uh, And I was kind of expecting, yeah, this is going to be like a good kind of British pub kind of feel, rocking kind of fun band. And they bored the crap out of me. (laughs) Well, it wasn't with Spike, right? No, no spike. Yeah. So the guitar player sang, I don't know. He's been in the band the whole time. I don't know his name. And when he, when he talked between songs, he kind of mumbled. Um, oh, that's something you always want. There, yeah. There was, there was not a lot of energy there, man. These guys were just kind of, Oh, and then their bass player for some reason, I don't know whether he just lost his passport or whatever. So they had chips enough filling in on bass. That's and, what I thought when I saw the picture, I'm like, isn't that chip? Yeah. So Chip's out there and and I got to hand it to Chip. He, you know, he, he played the songs very well, showed that he can actually play bass. Cause when he's doing enough's enough, he's just singing, kind of holding the bass. He doesn't really play a lot. Um, but he, he, so he's playing bass and he, yeah. Yeah. There was, again, they, they had a really small stage set up. They got this huge stage and you got everybody grouped together like this and nobody moves. Nobody. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, and, and and I mean, they played their their hit song, and they played some, they played some songs that I enjoyed, but it was just it was just boring. 
It was just right. boring. Sorry, guys. I I I like what you do. I, if they had had a lead singer who would have brought some personality to the band, like Spike, I, I might have a different opinion of them. But they could have had Chip sing. Yeah, there you go. So the next next up was the band that we were most excited to see. X Y Z. We we both love Terry Loose. Um, mm-hmm. The guy the guy is I think a, he's a consummate front man. I mean, he even when he was in Great White, which he just never really fit that stuff. Yeah, not, not at, at all. all. Yeah. Not at all. And I saw I saw him with Great White and. It's just like you, it's hard not to like the guy. I mean, he just comes across as a real, just genuine, just happy to be there. And he sings so well. And so, but this is his band, XYZ. And, and we talked about this last time, I, how much I love his guitar player, um, uh, Tony, Tony Marcus. This okay. dude, I, if I was, again, I, I said it last time, if I was starting a band right now, I would ask him to be my guitar player well apparently he doesn't have a gig because this really weird ass wannabe mick ronson guy was playing guitar for them i'll send you a picture of this guy and see if you can figure out who he is blonde he did not fit at all his his tone was awful um he he kind of he didn't really play the songs great and it it kind of that kind of wrecked it for me Mm -hmm. uh one thing that was kind of a bonus there is he had he hasn't Terry hasn't had the original ba- uh, drummer in the band for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that guy's a really good drummer. Well, for some reason, the drummer couldn't do the show. And the bass player, the, the original bass player who's still in the band, he was sick, couldn't do the show. So he had another kid playing bass, a young kid. I kind of think he might actually be Terry's son. I'm not sure about that. Huh. He kind of looks, looks similar, but he's a really young kid. And this kid... This kid played really well. I and you know, he he looked like kind of new to the the scene, but he played he played really well. He he kind of got better as the night as the as the set went on. At first he kind of looked scared and then he started rocking and having a good time. So it, that was a major disappointment for me, is that it wasn't the band I was hoping to see, the actual right. band. The music wasn't as good as what I'd hoped for. Terry sang really, really well. He was delightful. Uh in his banter in between songs, didn't do any sing along crap, didn't stretch anything out, played, played a great selection of songs from XYZ. And so Shelly really enjoyed it. Uh, that was probably her highlight of, of, of that day. Okay. So next Ingve. Now um, I, if, if you haven't seen just the stage setup was hilarious. Okay. I will. Uh, I mean, it's all martial amps. It's like more martial amps than you could shake a stick at. It was just a huge wall, and they're and they're actual amps. Okay, actual cabinets. This is not a mock up or anything. Uh, they're real. They're real things, and it's just all martial amps. No bass amp, because God forbid, you know, the bass player is not supposed to. And and the band was pushed way off to the one side, <laughs> way off to the side. And as they were out there getting ready, because. And they look like roadies. And I said, oh, those, those guys are the roadies setting up the equipment. No, that was the band. And they, <laughs> that was the way they looked when they came on. It's like, no, you guys, you get you can wear a T-shirt. You can wear maybe some jeans, but that's it. You No bling, no nothing. Can't have your hair combed. Can't look like, you, you know, can't look like rock stars because that's me. 
I'm the only one who gets to look like a rock star here. Right. And yeah. And so it, it started off with one of his aunt that his main amp that he had was going through was just having all kinds of problems. So the guitar tech was out there trying to fix it. It was just screaming and making all these hellish noises. And I'm like, this is pretty hilarious, man. I, I, you know, <laughs> how is this going? How is this even going to happen? So he hits the stage and it, it, it was, it was like sp- spinal tap. It was the most spinal tap thing I've ever seen right. where, you know, you know, I mean, he kind of played songs, but he didn't play songs. It was like parts of songs mm-hmm. and him doing his, you know, swing the guitar around and he, he's like throwing his guitar around, blowing out all this shtick in the first five minutes. And he must've kicked like 500 picks into the audience. That's his thing is he flicks his pickup and then he kicks the pick into the audience. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's, it's like, Oh, that's kind of a cool trick, but then he does it again and he does it again. Then he does it again. And the guy's right. He's got like a, a guy who his job is just to keep his supply of picks on his mic stand full. And that guy's running out there every, every minute and a half replenishing his pick supply. It's, it's really hilarious. I would just stand at the front of the stage with a box of picks. That would have made the, there's so many things that would have made so much yeah. more sense about this. And again, he's probably not paying the guy and he's probably roadie for the entire band. You know, there's probably, he's, that's probably one of the 87 jobs he's got to do while Inve's playing. Yeah. I don't know, but we, we watched, I said, Hey, we're going to watch two songs. And at one point we're like, well, I can't even tell if this song's ended and another one's began. Is this, is this another song? I said, yeah, I kind of think it is. A keyboard player did sing a little bit at the beginning. And again, this is a guy who looks like a roadie. He's pushed way off to the side. He's not facing the audience. He's facing sideways to the stage. And he's kind of singing. And it's mixed way down. Ingve did sing a little bit. And then he did, uh, well, oh, he did the Star Spangled Banner, which was, you know, patriotic. It was beautiful. <laughs> but it was a very spinal tapish. Star Spangled Banner. And then he played uh, Smoke on the Water, which he did that actually really well. Uh, and Yngwie sang it and did a pretty good job. So, Well, he's saying that he will never have another lead singer because every lead singer that he's ever worked with thinks that they're Elvis. <sighs> you know, I again, if... Yeah, watch... Okay, go on YouTube... Type in Ingve M3 and watch it and make your make your own assessment. Uh, the band is kind of a side note, literally. They're pushed to the left side of the stage, looking right. up, looking onto the stage. Ingve is everything, and it, it's it was just it was kind of hilarious. I I was like, I don't I don't know. I I part of me kind of wants to keep watching this because it's like right. a car wreck. <laughs> uh. But we we were freezing. Uh, we were just colder. Like you know, what? we're out of here. So we actually left during Ingve, and so we we missed the last three bands. I did kind of check out some stuff on the on YouTube though. So Striper was next. Uh, I have seen them before. They're good, and uh, from what I saw, um, they were they were what you would expect with Striper. Michael <laughs> Sweet uh, has not changed his vocal style at all. So you would have wonderful. Yeah, you, exactly. That's what you would have said. Wonderful, wonderful boys. Play us another song about Jesus. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed him the last time I saw him, but the, it, yeah, I, I, I would have, I would have stuck around if it hadn't been so, so freaking cold. And then Skid Row came on and mm-hmm. uh, from what I've seen people, I'm on a, in a couple of Facebook groups of M3 people, everybody raved about Skid Row. And I've, I've already raved about Skid Row here when I saw him warm up for Scorpions there at the residency in Vegas. Right. And I've never really been a big Skid Row fan. For some reason, their songs just never spoke to me very much. And I've tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with this guy, with Eric singing, it's like a, it's it's a whole different thing. He sold it to me. He mm-hmm. sold it big time. It was nice to listen to. He's a great front man. Uh, and what I saw, them, everybody at M3 that was posting said the same thing. They were like, this is unbelievable how good this is. I, the new song that they're playing, uh, that I believe you've done that you've put the video on your Patreon, um, gangs all here. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I liked it live. It sounded great. I hope if the rest of the albums like that, or, you know, in in that, in that vein, man, I'm, I'm all in on this. I think that it's the smartest thing these guys have ever done was get this guy to sing for them. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, hopefully it continues to work out. He seems genuinely just happy to be there. The guy doesn't stop smiling the whole time on stage. He's just having a blast. Had you, Go had you not have seen them with Scorpions, would that have made you want to stick around to see them or the cold Ooh. was just too much? I, I Actually, I wanted to stick around. I did. It was just so cold. At that point, I was like, I don't know that I want to sit through uh, the rest of Ingve and Striper to get to Skid Row. I was <laughs> right. that I was that cold. I said I we saw him just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the set's probably going to be very similar, um, but I did want I really did want to see him again. I I enjoyed it that much. I enjoyed every you know normally when you see an opening band, especially one you're not really into, you're kind of like yeah, is it about time for them to go off? Right. And I didn't feel that way when I saw him warm up for Scorpions. And they, Scorpions let him have a really long set. Like, they played almost an hour. Hmm. So, um, I yeah, I I was thrilled to see him. And I will, they come near here or anywhere else, I will go, I would go see them. I would pay, I would pay money to go see this version of Skid Row. So there, Skid Row. Cool. I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping the album is really good, and I'm hoping they do a decent tour after that. I realize they're not young guys, uh, but I, I feel like this band's got a whole new life now, and yeah. hopefully people will give them a chance. And I, I think this guy will sell them. You know, we'll, we'll stop here and bring back Sebastian stuff. Yeah, I agree. That's not, that's not a knock on Sebastian because I saw him solo not that long ago. And and he was actually pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I uh, yeah, I, I I rather enjoyed him. He he was very very professional, put on a, a decent show. But I would much rather see this guy sing. This guy this guy's phenomenal. He is just phenomenal. Tesla, uh, I've seen them so many times, and I don't you know I from what I saw, I've watched a few YouTube clips from the M three show. They sounded good. They looked good. Um, Brian Wheat, obviously not skipping any meals. Um, <laughs> his bass, his bass. He's playing one of those new Gibson uh, non-reverse Thunderbirds. Okay, um, and it sounded great. It didn't. I mean, it was had a very just very uh, bright, uh, wonderful sound. I was like, man, that's that sounds pretty awesome. 
So I would have liked to, I would have liked to have stayed for the whole thing and seen Skid Row and Tesla. Actually, I would have liked to have seen Striper again too. So you, you, I, you missed the band that you actually saw though. True. True. So, so that's my only regret is that I wasn't strong enough to, uh, to make it through all of Sunday. Okay. But also we were there from noon. I mean, you know, yeah, you, yeah. It's, it's hard. Yeah. And, and you're freezing your ass off and yeah. Yeah. So, so overall M3 was a blast. We're definitely going next year. And okay. So yeah. Anybody out there listening, uh, if you like rock music, and and I've never gone because of the bands that are on the lineup. Sometimes I look at the lineup and I go, yeah, I'm not really big fans of any of these bands. I've always had right. fun. I've never not had fun at M3. Even this year when it was freezing ass, I still had a blast. I still want to go back. But if you're thinking of going, hit me up. You know, let's hang out and uh, it, let's have fun together, man. I know uh, Mike was talking. Was it Mike that was talking about coming down? Um, I don't remember if it was him or not, but. Yeah, there was someone from the group that said that they wanted to go. Yeah, uh, but any even if you're not a part of this group, man, if you if you want to come hang out with us, I, I've I've got a line in on front row seats. Um, I'll, I'll hook you up, and uh, it's it's great, man. You can you can stand, you can sit, you've got no obstructions. It's great for Shelly because she's really not very well. She's really short, and she typically gets behind the the tallest widest person in the venue <laughs> and can't see a yeah. doggone thing. Uh, you know, it's funny when we, we saw the monsters of rock tour here, you know, the Van Halen scorpions yeah. docking and all, all of that. We went down, we were sitting way up in the stands for most of it. And then we came down to the, the floor and wedged our way up there as far, far up as we could get for docking. And, mm-hmm. and I loved every minute of that. It was just fantastic. And afterward I said, Shelly, what'd you think? And she says, well, I couldn't see any of them. But I loved it. <laughs> she says every so often, like uh, one of them, I could see one of them like run by in between the two heads in front of me. You right. know, but uh, yeah, she says I could not see a thing, and I felt I felt so bad for her. It's like that really sucks, man. You you go to something like that and you can't see. So M three, you get a nice seat. You can see everything. It's sound. They have a great sound system. Um, the weather was freakish this year. So I'm not expecting it to be freezing ass in the beginning of May. It's mm-hmm. been freakish here too. So, wow. uh, yeah, I, I give, I give M3 five, five Marses. There, you go. there is one band that you sent me video on that you didn't mention though. What? Zebra. Crap. You're right. I didn't get them on my list cause they weren't on the list. Oh, geez. How did I screw that up? Yeah. I was wondering cause they, they'd said something about zebra being there. And I was like, they're not on the list. So yeah, they wedged Zebra in there. It was right before Yngwie. So right after XYZ, Zebra came on. Oh my gosh, how did I screw this up? Uh, your comment, again, so Randy, it's Randy Jackson, right? Yes. Okay, not the bass player, but the guitar player. Guitar player. So he, these guys are out there, uh, you know, sound checking, setting up all their gear in that. And... Shelly's like, well, is that is that the the singer? The is that the guitar player in the band? I said, no, 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 that's got to just be a roadie. And I said mm-hmm. that can't be him because I've seen plenty of pictures of him. I've never seen them live. Uh, he had his hair pulled back in a ponytail, and he he looked like uh, I think you said he was selling uh, cell phone pro. Uh, 
Yeah, he's plans. He he looks like you'd see him at the Sprint store. Right. He's from Long Island, and he's got. At least when I used to live in the states, he had a few different cell phone stores that he owned. Ah. So he would come on with the understanding that he'd be allowed to pimp his uh, his shops. Okay. He didn't bring that up. Okay. He, he's definitely an odd dude, though. I mean, there was all kinds of weird sound stuff going on in his oh, sound yeah. check. I mean, he was so being so like, you know, the guys. And then when he started playing, he kept pointing, you know, at the guys at the monitor board. And and it wasn't like it wasn't like normal things where, you know, you do vocal up, guitar up, you know, or down. He was doing all these weird hand signals. I'm like, I have no idea what he's getting at there. And he was kind of throwing daggers. Oh, that reminds me. This is something funny about Ingve during his uh, opening I don't, songs or whatever it was that was kind of like a song. He got all pissed off because they had white lights on the stage. Mm-hmm. And you can see if you watch the video from the beginning of the, of the thing about a minute or so into that, he gets on his mic and he goes, no white light, no white lights. And. And then he gets back on there and he's getting really pissed at this point. And he's pointing at the lights and he's no white lights. And I thought he was going to like lose his mind and maybe lose this, leave the stage, but they, they cut the white lights. <laughs> and I'm like, he, what? what's the problem with the white lights? He just wants Ferrari red lights. Yeah. And that's what they switched him to red. That's what he, that's what he got. And he was much happier. He goes, Oh, much better. Yeah. And that's interesting. That's because yeah, it's like, what the, I, I don't, I, I don't, to be honest, I, I mean, times that I've been in a, played in a big venue with real pro lights and everything, I've hardly noticed anything other than you can't see the audience at all, right. you know, because you're just being, you know, blasted. Yeah. But I'm, I'm so into what I'm playing and things like that. I don't, I couldn't tell you what color is what or, or anything. Um, it's, yeah, it's just funny that he was just freaking out over white lights on the stage. So he was singing, uh, I'm seeing too many white lights tonight instead of uh, I see the light tonight. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Um, <laughs> we thought maybe it was like the brown M- brown and M- M&Ms in the rider kind of thing that right. he has in his rider that there'll be no white lights white on stage. Lights. And be. so when the white, yeah, they turned white lights on, he was like, nope, not going to play. Not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, back to Zebra. I thought they actually sounded really good. The mix was fantastic. Uh, so they must have had somebody running their sound out front anyway. Maybe mm-hmm. the, obviously the problems were with the monitor stuff. Uh, I thought they played really well. It's kind of cool. It's the, the original three guys. Right. And it's it was only of- ever been different because when the drummer had cancer. Yeah. They had Bobby Rondinelli playing for them. Ah, okay. But outside of that. It's been these three. And I got to tell you, one thing about their drummer uh, is as opposed to all the bands that came before, even the choir boys, this drummer swang. I mean, he had a swing to his playing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, that's really refreshing other than just this really machine, you know, just, you know, playing right. like a, a drum, you know, everything's just precise. This guy was, he, he and he was playing some pretty complicated drum stuff, but he was swinging it. And I don't, I don't know if he's from New Orleans, but man, that guy, that guy played with a lot of soul and right. uh, the bass player, the bass player was great. I mean, he was doing a lot of stuff, playing keyboards with his feet, playing, and then he actually played keyboards. And uh, the other cool thing was he had a Michael Kelly bass 
uh, one that I've actually been kind of looking at since I got that other one. And it sounded phenomenal. Right. So uh, the boss sitting next to me goes, well, you should order one up right now. <laughs> How can you say no? I, I haven't ordered it yet, but uh, yeah, I'm. Mm, yeah, it's certainly something that nothing like nothing else I have in my collection. So <laughs> cool. Uh, we'll see if it happens. I'll, I'll definitely be showing it off here. But yeah, he's they sound they sounded great. His voice is an acquired taste when his his falsetto right. stuff. I mean, he he sang mostly kind of lower, which I thought was cool. He, he, good tone. He's he's still able to do the falsetto stuff, um, but you know, it's kind of like after a while, eh, it's not really right. pleasant. You know, that's the only knock I'm going to give him. It'd be, yeah, it'd be, that, for for example, their first album was great. But after that, I agree with you. Like all the other albums that they've released, it's okay. You know, I I understood what you could do with that first album, but then after that, it's kind of like okay, this is you know, yeah. like you're saying, an acquired taste. You either really like it or you don't get it, type of a deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like um, almost like he listened to a lot of Rush and was kind of trying to go there, but didn't have that the voice to hit it, so he mm-hmm. was doing falsetto. It was, it was kind of like King Diamond without the, I don't know. With, without but the, but I, I really enjoyed them. I really did. I, I, I thought they were really good. And so here's another selling point for M3. I had no idea I was going to see Zebra ever in my life. And I've always been kind of curious. And guess what? Now I've gotten to see Zebra in, in a, like a real large place, real pro sound. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know that I'll ever have that opportunity again. And they're you're never, no longer here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they rarely play when they do. I think they only play in the New York area or maybe a show in New Orleans and that's it. I, right. I don't, they, don't, they don't tour. They're old dudes. So, yeah. yeah. So M3, uh, I'm all in on it and I'm going, I'm going as long as they're going to keep holding this festival. And as long as it's fun to go to, I'm going. Right. So I'm all in on next year. So come join me, people. Let's do M3. Let's rock out. Awesome. On that note, we're going to wrap things up here. Almost gone uh, uh, two hours on M3 here. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe we talked that long. (laughs) So uh, I thank you for coming on and discussing M3 once again. My pleasure. You will be back next week um for our kiss discussion and um oh yeah doro produced by gene simmons so there's still a, a kiss connection there there you go so i i i i wanted to like doro a lot more i really did i have so much respect for her mm-hmm. i mean her coming up in the in the heavy metal at that point in time as a woman and I mean, she, yeah, she deserves a lot of uh, praise for what she's done and she keeps, she's always been flying the flag. So yeah. I give her a plus for that. Absolutely. But needs better songs. Needs some better songs. Come on. Somebody write Doro some better songs, please. There you go. Awesome. So I want to thank everyone for watching or listening to this live or replay. Thank you for taking your time out to check the show out. Hope you enjoyed it and hope this makes some people check out M3 or any of the bands that played. So Brad, thanks once again. 
And we will see you guys next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream. That is all, folks. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 